DJ Simulationistas. So, with Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin, and let's roll. DJ Simulationista Sup, you're here with Dan Raymer. <laughs> yeah. It's like changing my breakfast. I can't do that. Oh my god. All right. You're here with Janice Pelaganis. And Dan Raymer. Sup, Janice. Sup, Dan. Check hey. out who we have with us. Yeah, I can see. We We've... have a companion. Yes, this is Bas Ui. He's here with us studying as a visiting scholar. And Bas, I'll ask you to chime in here, but you have been working in oncological, surgical, tertiary care. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. And um, you're now getting your PhD mm -hmm. and looking at avatars for simulation, which is really cool. First of all, thank you for inviting me. Before you go on, Bas, yeah. uh, so the most important thing about boss that I know is that he's the son of Gidwi, and uh, Gid is the pioneer simulationista from the Netherlands who I met some 20 years ago. Gid, uh, with a little help from me, started the uh, Dutch Society for Simulation and Healthcare, and so uh, I assume that, that that must have influenced your life. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, it's, it's how I got acquainted with, with medical simulation in the first place. While he's expanding his medical simulation base to other countries, he has an organization. It's basically setting up medical simulation centers and, and training centers in, in Uganda and, and in China. And it's all yeah. obstetrics. It's called Training for Life. Yeah, it's obstetric simulation. Yeah, and uh -huh. they're really trying to reduce um, child and, and mother mortality. In those countries. But your background's more in emergency surgery. Emergency ward, uh, both of those. Yeah, more like surgery, not really OB. I think this is really interesting because I'm learning from Bas um, what he is learning about what meta, uh, healthcare simulation can look like using avatars. And I think that uh, it's really interesting and it's, it's definitely in store for the future in simulation. And I thought we could talk a little bit about what the uh, glass ball of simulation could look like. What visually could the environment look like in a healthcare simulation case? And, and you're speaking to somewhat jaded skeptic because when I first started in simulation, you know, 25 years ago, people were saying, Oh, virtual reality and avatars and things like that, which were just coming onto the stage, would replace mannequins and simulation as we were doing it within five years. And now it's 25 years later, it hasn't happened. So convince me that it is the future. Well, that's a bit optimistic, I think. I think even five years from now would be optimistic. And it's never going to replace it. It's going to. Uh, improve it 
but not really replace it. I mean, if you if you're in a virtual environment, the the main drawback is that you don't have any any tactile feedback. So you, you for instance, if you need to perform an action on on a virtual mannequin, you you can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just touching air. So I think it's really difficult that because our podcast is all audio. And I wonder if you could describe for us, Fas, our listeners, if you could give us a good kind of picture of of what you're trying to develop in simulation. So if you take a, a current mannequin and you're going into a simulation, the first thing you see or first thing you, you notice is the, the mannequin's face. That's the first thing you, you look at as a, as a physician or as a healthcare provider. Well, you can see it's, it's, it's plastic. It doesn't have any emotions. It doesn't move so you're immediately <laughs> so you your emergency i call it the permanent o sign you know when like your patient just has their their mouth always open, open. <laughs> i mean they they can move their their eyes which is pretty amazing already but still it's it's nothing like a real human the first feeling you get when you see a patient is when you look at his face and see someone's pale or not responding and you don't have that in, in simulation yet and i think that's really the thing we're trying to improve. And instead of having a, a, a plastic mannequin face like, like a Barbie doll, we want to make a realistic digital face like they can make in the movies or in computer games mm-hmm. that, can, yeah, that can interact with, uh, with humans. So would the surface of the um, mannequin's face be shaped like an actual face or would it be like an egg projected with their expressions? Well, we are still brainstorming about that. We're really in the beginning of this uh, of this project, but I think it would be really really cool to have like a, a plain shaped face, just a white face, um, and be able to project on it from the inside of the face. So I think this is really cool, Dan, because it ties into um, our previous episode of micro expressions and how you can get just you can get so much as from the micro expressions on, on your patient's faces and to be able to simulate that, that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty, pretty rad. Yeah. I, I, I skipped the eighties, Janice, um, <laughs> 1880s, 1880s. You're, now you're talking. So that's cool, obviously. And Janice, you know that I'm a real advocate of picking up those subtle signs, uh, uh, from simulation. And I, uh, often opine that simulation hasn't advanced very much because the mannequins look like super dolls. It does create a dilemma, though, and the dilemma, Boss, as you mentioned, is that you can't really interact with that face. And so, on one hand, uh, you can pick up lots of signs and that pale-looking, struggling face. Uh, and if it makes you decide you need to intubate, now what do you do? I think you can, you can still use the mannequins they use now and make a, uh, a modular device and project over the face. Uh-huh. So that you would have both the physical part of the exactly. intubation. And um, so... You know, so that all sounds good, but projection is often difficult because there are things in the way, and so yeah. it has to be back projected, uh, and that creates 
technical issues as well. So I don't know if you know this, but my background is actually in engineering, and so I love these kinds of problems. I'm interested in your team and, uh, and what kind of people it takes to develop something that has these really gnarly technical problems. Janice, did you notice that? Yeah. Term gnarly. What is that seventies? Yeah. <laughs> well, there are a lot of software developers in our team, game developers, um, people with experience in virtual reality, and they're all uh, located in North Brabant in the Netherlands, which is a province in, in the Netherlands. So it's really a technical team, and also Tilburg University is is um, collaborating regarding the, uh, the, the speech recognition and the, uh, the natural language processing that has to happen. I'm wondering about analogous industries. And so we often look to aviation as being way ahead of healthcare in, uh, in implementing simulation, and certainly they spend huge amounts of money on aircraft simulators in comparison to what is spent on healthcare simulators. And so I'm wondering if there are any analogous systems that you've seen that kind of uh, cross this boundary of combining the physical with the virtual. Well, I think I've talked to um, Fernando Salvetti from Irreal. Uh -huh. He has some projects that, well, it's, it's, it's not yet commercially available, I think, these this kind of analogous um, simulators. So I know he has made an, uh, like a CPR mannequin and projected the internal organs on it using a HoloLens. But uh -huh. since this, these techniques are still very, very new, I mean, the HoloLens hasn't been available for so long. So There's also the, um, the flexible screens now that I've seen people testing around using them as skin so that you can project wounds onto the patient too. And it would be interesting if you can create a flexible enough screen that shapes into a face. Yeah, that's what I thought. And yeah. the whole body too would be really cool. The only thing is exactly with dancing is the invasive procedures. How do you, that's gonna be a super expensive mannequin. They're already expensive as it is. And there's gonna be a lot of use and how do you, maintain the technology without mm -hmm. um, you know being able to do the procedures as real as possible protecting the equipment really interesting to think about you know you you're talking about the external appearance of the uh of the mannequin uh one of the things that you know is a great need is the internal appearance of the mannequin so you know, I've worked with anesthesiology for so many years, uh, emergency medicine. Intubating is one of the, you know, skills, one of the actions that people take all the time. And I, I always, you know, I always chide the experienced airway people by saying that they've intubated hundreds of different people, but when they come to simulation, they have to intubate the exact same airway a hundred times. And and so being able to make the airway 
appear different and representative of a wide range of real airway appearances would be really, really beneficial. And so I wonder if projecting the internal structure um, is really where the future is. Or even mixing laparoscopic, you know, some of the things that we, we are seeing with the task trainers, the simulated task trainers, mixing those with the mannequins, so external, internal, but then also working. I mean, how do we bridge all of our industry together to create this super real mannequin that's affordable and, um, you know, strong enough to be able to be used multiple, multiple times in many different ways with invasive procedures? So, Bas, is this um, uh, is this work going to be uh, what your PhD is based on? Yes. And so, what field will your PhD be in? It's a sort of new territory. My promoter is going to be from the technical university, and I'm with the group um, of the OB at the Maxima Medical Center right now, because we're focusing on OB, OBGYN uh, scenarios. So it has to be some kind of mixture of that. But I'd say it's, it, it'd be in the field of, of, of uh, simulation, just medical simulation. We've come a long way because, you know, my training was in electrical engineering, actually tubes uh, and uh, transistors and things like that, uh, some systems. And now it seems like simulation uh, perhaps is becoming a field of its own. Oh, I love it. I mean, kind of like, you know, Damien Shield, our um, director of the Institute for Medical Simulation, there's this new trend of physicians going back for their master's in education or their PhD in education, because what we're seeing in, in the um, healthcare setting is if you're a really good clinician, then they say, okay, you're in charge of training. Now start developing these, but we don't get these like formal education training on how to actually teach and now you're opening up this entire new field of going into the actual methods of teaching and studying the methods of teaching, studying simulation, which is really cool, too. So perhaps it's a new trend as yeah. well. So how long is it going to take you to finish your degree? Well, I hope two years, but I don't think the avatar will be ready in, in two years. Um, uh -huh. Then we hope to have the first concept version like a demo version and then after those two years we're probably going to need another two years at least so total of four years before we can really try to um, end the project and work on the last details you should talk to my friend janice palaganis and she'll tell you about her 20-year phd <laughs> is that a thing yeah what are you talking about i'm still getting it <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lifelong learner. I have this plan. You see, we all if are, right? If you are a full-time enrolled student, you never have to pay off your loans. So if you just stay full-time student, you just never have to pay off That's loans. smart. Do you like that? That's smart, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was in school. I loved it. All right. Well, it's really wonderful to hear all this new stuff going on, and uh, it seems that the future is bright. Both, both with physicians going back to school for their PhD in studying simulation and where simulation, what it's going to look like in the future is, is um, going to be really interesting. Thanks Very for joining cool. us. 
Thank you for Thank having you. me. DJ Simulationistas, sup? Is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedsim.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.